0: to be here to celebrate Easter together. We had an amazing time in our 9.30 service. We're going to have another amazing time here at our 11.30 service. And, uh, you know, this morning, I have the privilege uh, in the very short time that we have to share a message that I hope is going to encourage you here on Easter Sunday, and uh, I don't know if you about, about you, but there's one more person that we need to be recognizing and honoring and welcoming. In addition to our first-time guests, uh, he's here all the time. We're here. His name is Jesus Christ the King. Let's give Jesus a big hand, big shout in this place right now. Wait, 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 hey, wait, wait. This is Thrive Church, right? This is the 11.30 service to our church, right? I said, give Jesus a big hand, big shout in this place right now. Come on. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He's our Savior. He's the reason why we celebrate. You know, I, I had the, the, the honor, I guess I'll call it the honor, of dressing up as an Easter bunny this past Sunday. Uh, you know, over the past weeks, as we've been promoting Easter service, I like dressing up as an Easter bunny. It's kind of fun. You know, uh, my, my, my son and my, my nephews and, you know, a lot of our kids here at Thrive, they love to do Easter egg hunts. But the reason why we're here today is not for the Easter bunny. It's not for Easter egg hunts. It's not because spring break is over. It's because of Jesus Christ. If you believe us, say amen. It's because we believe that Jesus lived the most amazing life, that he died a painful, excruciating death, not because he deserved it, but because he was dying on the cross for your sins and my sins so that we could have a way back to God, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have a brand new start. And not only did Jesus die on the cross, but he was buried on the third day. He rose again from the grave. And now the Bible says he stands at the right hand of God. And for all those who will trust in him, for all those who will open up their hearts to him, Jesus makes a real life difference in their lives. If you believe that, give Jesus a big hand, a big shout in this place. He's the reason why we're here. I said give Jesus a big hand, a big shout in this place. Come on. Amen. Turn it over and say, it's really good to celebrate with you. Well, this morning, I want to start off the message by uh, asking you a very deep, life-changing question, which is, do you guys like to play video games? Do you guys like to play video games? I, I, for some reason, am in a season right now where I'm playing a lot more video games. And a big reason is because of my five-year-old son. His name is Bradley. And uh, he likes video games, I like video games. And that's one of the ways that we bond together. Just 40 minutes a week is what we do. We just try to limit his screen time. But those 40 minutes are very precious to us. And those 40 minutes we are playing right now, a game It's called Paper Mario Color Splash. I know you've heard it before. And this game is really cute. It's involving this guy called Mario. You may have heard him before, may have seen before. He wears a red hat. He's got a mustache. He likes to jump around. And in this game called Paper Mario Color Splash, do you know what he does? He goes around this world that is losing color. He goes around this world where there are different places where the color is fading out. And what he does is he takes this huge hammer that's bigger than himself. I don't know how he carries it. And this hammer is filled with all this colored paint. And he'll go to all those places that are losing color. And he'll go (laughs) And he'll he'll just fill every place where there's no color with color once again. He's putting color back into the world. Why do I mention that today? It's because in a weird but very real way, today we're celebrating Jesus and what he does in our lives. And how do you guys know that Jesus has a way of putting color back into your world? If you believe that, say amen. Jesus has a way of putting life in places where there wasn't life. Jesus has a way of bringing hope to places where there wasn't hope. Jesus has a a way of bringing meaning to areas of your life where there wasn't meaning before. Jesus has a way of bringing strength where there wasn't strength before. That's what Jesus does. Turn your neighbor and say, that's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. And in fact, if you look at the invitations that you may have received to come here today, if you've looked on the decorations on the wall, if you see the presentations on the screen on the stage, you're going to notice something, which is that there's a theme that we're trying to communicate to you, which is that Jesus puts the color back into our lives. He brings hope where there is no hope. He brings life where there is no life. And I could stand here today and talk to you all day about the ways that Jesus can bring color into your world But I just thought, wouldn't it be cool on Easter Sunday if we could hear from people who've experienced that in real life? Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? And so we thought today and for the next two weeks, we're going to be starting something brand new at Thrive that I'm really excited about. It's called Your Story, My Story. And this is a series we started here at Thrive starting today where we're going to be asking different people, real people, ordinary people like you and me, who've got struggles like you and me, they've got strengths and weaknesses like you and me, they have joys and sorrows like you and me, and they're going to come up on the stage and they're going to share a little bit about the real life experience they've had of how Jesus affected their story, how Jesus made a difference in their lives, how Jesus put color back into the world. How many of know, I don't know if you know this, but that God is writing a story with your life. God is the greatest storyteller and he is famous for making Jesus the hero of every story he writes and whether you know it or not whether you believe it or not God is writing a story with your life and you know, something powerful happens when you recognize that something powerful happens when you start to see how what you're going through today connects with a bigger story that God is writing with your life when you start to understand that God is writing a story with your life it helps you to get through what you're going through. When you understand that God is writing a story with your life, it helps you to see your purpose for living once again. When you start to see that God has has a, a story that he's writing with your life, it helps you make sense of some of the stuff that's sometimes hard to make sense of. And that's why I hope you're gonna join us, not just today, but next week and the week after for a time we're gonna call Your Story, My Story, where we're gonna learn not just something about the people who share their stories, but I think in the process, you're gonna learn a little bit about your story as well. In the process, you're going to learn a little bit about the story that God is writing in your life, too. And so I hope you know not just join us today, but come back next week and the week after. Turn your favorite, give a high five, and say, Your Story, My Story. Are you guys excited for Your Story, My Story? We're going to launch it today, and I'm very excited to welcome our very first guest for Your Story, My Story. Three and a half years ago, I had the pleasure and the joy of officiating his wedding to his lovely wife called Wendy. And since that time, we've become good friends In addition to being a medical doctor, this guest of mine has an encyclopedic knowledge of NBA basketball. He is uh, an NBA basketball genius in many ways. Uh, He's uh, a great teammate to have when you're playing Pictionary because he's very good at drawing. Uh, he's also, uh, he and his wife is all, 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 are also now the proud parents, uh, not of a baby, maybe not yet, but of uh, a dog called Lucy, uh, w- who you might meet later on. Uh, would you please join me in welcoming to your story, my story, the one and only Dr. Tony Lee. Give Tony a big hand here at this place right now. you guys, thank you so much. And uh, Tony, it's great to have you here. Yeah, Thanks for having me. One more time, Dr. Tony Lee, let's give him a big hand. Welcome to the stage today. And uh, Tony, I, uh, before we begin, uh, I just want to say, and I didn't tell this to you before, but uh, one of the things I really appreciate about Tony is that you don't know this for those who have been here for the first time, but uh, every week on Sundays when I come and preach the message, uh, very often it's Tony uh, who's the one who brings the podium up for me. And he does it very discreetly, very quietly. Uh, it takes a certain amount of humility and consistency uh, to serve that way. And I've always really appreciated about, that right. about you. Uh, and you know, today you're not here to bring up a podium, but here to bring up a story, right? Yes, you're yes. here to share your story with us today and really looking forward to it. You've got a really, really cool story. Uh, and uh, this morning, uh, before we show uh, your story, I thought we'd show some pictures of Tony. Is that okay? Can, we, can You guys want to see some old photos from memory lane of Tony? Lee? Let's, let's just check out some photos right now. Uh, let's, let's look at that. One. Oh, look at that one. Oh, look at that. That is cute. That is cute. Is that, is that you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's is that, me. You? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh,
1: where, where was this taken? Where was this taken? This was uh, taken in Kaohsiung, Taiwan when I was about uh, two years old.
0: Okay. Yeah. Two years yeah. old in Taiwan. That's where you were born? Yes, that's okay, right. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Let's look at the next one here. Okay. That's, that, that's a cute one as well. Yeah. Let's look to the next one. Okay. Now, I just saw my optometrist a couple days ago, so I know I'm not seeing double, that I see a boy beside you, and I, don't, I can't even tell which one is you, but there's one who looks a lot like you, who's dressed just like you. Who is that?
1: Yeah, that's my twin brother, Jack. That's uh, your twin uh, brother, yeah. Jack.
0: Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. who's older between the two of you? Yeah,
1: he's older by about five minutes. Yeah. He's older uh, by yeah. five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So he's the baby, or you're the baby in the family yeah, by yeah, five so that's minutes. Right, yeah, okay, that's Wh- right. who's the older one there?
1: Yeah, that's my uh, older sister, Cindy.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Wow, let's look at another ph- photo here. You guys look really happy in that photo. Maybe, uh, Tony, you could tell us a little bit about what was your childhood like? What was it like growing yeah. up in your home?
1: Yeah. I would say it was definitely a happy family, such as the photo that you see in here. Um, my dad was a uh, very hard worker. He's a white collar uh, guy. Um, he's a doctor himself. And uh, you know, at a very young age, he was uh, big on teaching the kids about um, doing the right thing and having good work ethic. And uh, sometimes, you know, my parents would have to bring out the coat hanger in order to teach us the right discipline.
0: Coat hanger, not to hang your clothes, but coat hanger to beat you up. Yes, right? okay. yes. <laughs> it's discipline. Wow. Yeah, I feel
1: like that's actually a very traditional uh, Chinese In Taiwan, family. Yeah, In ta- okay. yeah, Interesting. Have that, yeah.
0: Okay, here you might get arrested for that. Interesting, yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, that, that's that's good. But, uh, you know, the, the thing is, uh, you know, any funny stories of, uh, you know, uh, times when you had to uh, feel the wrath of a coat hanger? <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah. I remember I was about maybe six or seven years old, and uh, we had a glass table, in the living room, similar to this, and uh, for some reason, I just happened to have a hammer in my hand that day. And uh, at that <laughs> age, I did play rock paper scissors. I know kind of what what's gonna happen if the hammer meets the coffee table, but uh, and I've never seen it happen. So I decided that you know what, I'm just gonna test it out and see. The if in theory, yeah, that you yeah, have to yeah test yes, it, like that's right. Yes, yes, yes I okay. always need to see the proof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happened yeah and so you know i i did it and uh feel the wrath of the co hanger <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah that's really funny that's really good let's look at the next photo right here yeah. uh this is you guys now in vancouver i understand yeah. right that's yeah. you and again your your brother jack uh, i notice the glass table has turned into a marble table that's a little harder to break with a hammer yes right? yeah. yes yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. very cool yeah. okay next one let's see okay this is you guys a little bit older looking kind of gangster right yeah. there yeah okay very nice yeah. that's next, next next one here uh, you guys uh, wearing the same thing. Yeah which, yeah, which is what twins will, you know, sometimes do, yeah, right? Yeah. Did you guys ever mind wearing the same thing?
1: Yeah, uh, no, especially not in Canada Day, which was, uh, the Can- it was Canada last Day when we visited the Great Wall in Beijing. And, you uh, know, we were both proud to be Canadians, so... Uh, you know, when we went on the hike to Great Wall, we both wanted to wear our uh, kind of uh, roots T-shirt I see. that says where we're from. I see. Yeah, yeah. Interesting Canada yeah. pride. Yeah. I just noticed actually that
0: speaking of twins, we're, we're dressed <laughs> very similarly today too. Don't you find? Uh, yeah. I, I told him to wear bright colors, and I, I guess uh, we we were pretty much matching <laughs> outfits. Yeah. That's uh, that's great. I think we're twins as well. That's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, let's look at the next one here. Now this one is uh, get, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This is July 2010. In Beijing, China. Yes, that's right. Where you are graduating from Peking University, the medical school there, which is basically the top medical school in Asia, uh, and many many people say one of the top medical schools in the world. Uh, And there you are, July 2010. Uh, Did you always know you wanted to be a doctor?
1: Uh, No, to be honest, no. Uh, I think my dad always figured that I was gonna be a great doctor. He thought that I was uh, fairly intelligent for my age, and um, that. I would have the uh, right sort of heart for the for the people to be a good doctor. But I didn't always want to do it. I, I kind of was rebellious. I wanted to do my own thing. What did you want to do? Yeah. So, you know, growing up, you watch a lot of, like, cartoons. So you see all these, uh, you know, superheroes fighting bad guys, fighting fighting villains. Okay. And so one of my dreams was actually to be a policeman because wow. I wanted to okay. take down villains. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, I also admired uh, Pete Sampras. I would say was the, the tennis player. Yeah, team. The, yeah, Pete yeah. One okay. of the greatest play- tennis players of all time, okay. Pete Sampras, yep. and uh, also thought about being a basketball player because okay. I really uh, liked the uh, Ray Allen, who's actually going to be a Hall of Famer. Yes, this, okay. this year. So yeah. basketball
0: yeah. as well. So you, yeah. you, you had, so you had other dreams besides yeah. being a doctor. You yeah. thought about being yeah. a policeman. You thought about being the next yeah. Asian yeah. Pete yeah. Sampras. Yeah. You wanted to be the next uh, yeah. I guess Taiwanese yeah. Ray Allen. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Well, um, you obviously, you, you followed the route of medicine. Yeah. Uh, do you enjoy being a doctor?
1: Oh, for sure. It's uh, one of the most rewarding jobs out there, I would think. Yeah, yeah? It's good okay. to um, be able to um, just have a sense of accomplishment that you feel like you did Uh, something good that you made a difference in people's lives at the end of the day
0: yeah Yeah. for sure now speaking of your family your your dad you said is a doctor your sister is a doctor your twin brother is a doctor and you're a doctor as well that's a family of doctors um i'm just curious kind of growing up in your home with your family what kind of role did religion or faith play
1: yeah uh there wasn't uh, there wasn't really a role for religion i would say yeah we came from a family with uh i would say typical taiwanese family with a mixture of kind of Buddhism and Taoism, but then my, my parents, they, they themselves were not uh, religious. Yet.
0: I see, so you didn't go to church, yeah. you know, you, you didn't grow up in a Christian home, uh, that kind of, what was your impression of Christians uh, then, or Christianity? Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, I gotta apologize in advance because I know I'd probably be offending a lot of people here, but I honestly thought they were not the most intelligent bunch, right? They were probably, eccentric and you know they had magical thinking and they believe in stories are so far-fetched and so out there
0: okay uh and how old were you when you first started thinking that
1: yeah so i first heard about it when i was i first heard about christianity when i was about eight years old in grade three from one of my uh lovely teachers called miss yang she was very big on preaching the gospel and spreading seeds to to the children but uh, when I heard that story, I thought she was being ridiculous. She was like, I thought she was telling us a fairy tale, and that there's no way that any of it could be true. So I was actually pretty arrogant. I, I always thought that one day I would grow up and I would be a doctor. I would have superior intelligence and knowledge, and that uh, you know she had no right telling me what to believe at the time, right?
0: Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Miss Yang in grade yeah, three. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then kind of into high school, did that continue? I think?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, in high school, I entered this phase where I like to play a game called The Crying Game. Uh, so, the Crying Game? Yeah, w- what's so, The Crying Game? Yeah, so uh, every time I meet a Christian, um, I would actually uh, be very confrontational, get really in their face, and I start trash-talking and I start debating with them, and the whole goal was to break them down so they cry. and. Once they've done that, then I felt like I've accomplished my job. That's kind of like the goal, and I right. won the game. Wow. And I pat myself on the back. W- when you yeah. get
0: them to cry, that's when you win. Yeah, wow. yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so kind of fast forwarding a bit, you uh, graduate from high school. You did very well in school. Yeah. You go to Queen's University, one yeah. of the top universities yeah. in yeah. sciences. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, just a couple years later, you moved to China and you go to Peking University, which is also a very very good uh, medical university too. What what made you go from Queens in Ontario all the way to Peking uh, or Beijing, China? Yeah.
1: So um, the reason that I went to China was actually uh, a a story of uh, disappointment, I would say. Uh, I would say for the majority of my academic career early on, things went well. I always uh, made honor roll I scored well on the provincial exams back then when they had when all the subjects had provincials and uh, I was able to uh, make it to Queen's University did really well in the first year and everything looked like um, you know everything looked great I was on track to probably achieve my dream of going into medical school and then second year came around and uh, despite my best efforts my my grades were uh, just disappointing it wasn't where I, I wanted it to be so um, in a way where you know oftentimes in the past i would rely on myself so um you know we i wanted to change in my circumstances i wanted to be in control which is why you know i ended up going to china for medical school just so i know that you know i'm, I'm actually be doing something that i want yeah
0: yeah and when you moved to china what was that experience like
1: so um it was definitely a culture shock for once for one that one there and uh, i would say Things seemed okay for the first couple of years, but it was when I uh, reached that final year of um, university in, in med school where um, I started to feel a- very anxious about my future, right? Because then I realized at that point, you know, after I'm finishing school, you know, my, my goal was hopefully to come back here and practice in, in Canada, right? But um, I knew at the time that residen- residency positions would be very hard to get into because there's a limited number of spots. Um, and they're usually reserved for Canadian graduates. There's very few spots available for international graduates. and uh, you know I, I tried my best to buff up my my resume. you know, did rotations in Canada to get reference letters, scored as high as I could on the exams. but there was still a lot of anxiety because right. I just a didn't lot know that's out yeah of your control yeah, it seemed like trying to win the lottery like my right. my, my future was oh, wow. was like you know trying to win the lottery. Right. yeah. 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 That's yeah. kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. So what happened after that? Yeah. And uh, it was during this dark time that I actually somehow remembered Miss Yang telling me about uh, praying. Like she said, you know, when, uh, you know, when you're in a time of darkness and loneliness and where you feel like you need some help, um, you know, you can pray to God and he'll, he'll listen to your prayers and he'll answer your prayers. So I started praying and uh, a couple of my friends and in Beijing actually invited me. To their church and I started atten- attending church regularly and for some odd reason every time I was in church I got a sense of peace that I didn't understand um, you know my circumstances weren't changing you know I-, I was still in that situation where everything was uh, seemingly out of my control and yet you know when I when I'm there I'm filled with peace and uh, um, you know one day um, our our pastor was actually, um, doing the altar call at the end of the sermon. And uh, he was asking if anybody wanted to uh, start following Jesus. Um, you know, At that point, uh, I had been struggling with uh, kind of that, that anxiety and that fear for so much. There was so much thought going through my head. Um, you know, I was thinking, uh, what's going to happen if I do all this work, You know, spend all this time, five years of medical school in China, and then end up with nothing to show for it? Uh, Among my friends in Canada, I'd be a laughing stock. They'd laugh at me, be like, Oh, you decided to go to China and then look what happened. Should I just, you know, stay in uh, in Canada and finish your undergrad and whatnot. There was actually a lot of fear, a lot of shame, a lot of self-doubt. And uh, it was almost like I was hanging onto the edge of the cliff and my, my muscles were getting tired. And uh, I couldn't hang on anymore, sort of thing. So you're yeah, you're yeah. you're in church, yeah.
0: and then yeah. you're you're at the service, yeah. and the, you said the pastor gives an yeah. altar call, meaning yeah. like he says he doesn't yeah. want to receive yeah. Jesus. Yeah. What 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 and what happens there?
1: Yeah. So um, that day, I finally uh, decided to give my burdens to God, right? Um, you know, because I I could also sense him that you know that that um, even when I'm weak and I let go, that he'll catch me, right? So that's when I finally let go of my pride and my past, and. uh um, you know, I, I raise my hand and uh, I declare to the Lord that, you know, you are my Savior, I believe you are true, your word is true, and I thank you for uh, just your patience with me, you know, your love for me that you made yourself known to me at such a young age, and that you were patient with me for uh, 17 years until this day where I can finally see your, your work, your glory working through my life, and I thank you for the difficulty. Um, that I've experienced because now I see that they were for a true purpose right. that, and that was to humble my heart yeah. and uh, I, I declare that you know, I want to follow you yeah. from now on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: wow. Yeah. And, and when you made that declaration, when you raised your hand yeah. and you, you you responded that way, like wh- how did you feel?
1: Yeah. So in a lot of ways, nothing changed because I wasn't, uh, it wasn't like I became overpowered with gifts, spiritual gifts. I wasn't speaking in tongues or anything like anything like that from the get-go but I was definitely filled with a sense of joy and peace yeah yeah
0: that's really cool in yeah. fact we've got uh, a video to show you guys of uh, Tony when he yeah. got baptized just a couple weeks or a few weeks after he raised his hand in the service uh, this is back from uh, November 2010 right? yes. okay let's check yes. this out let's check out this, uh, this video together.
1: Here we go. Uh,
0: Okay, so he's obviously speaking in Chinese. This is your pastor in China. Uh, This is in his bathroom. Yes, that's right. right, Yeah. Yeah?
1: Okay. It's because in China, you can't really meet publicly. You might get prosecuted. So the churches are oftentimes in private homes. Wow. So you're
0: basically being baptized in his bathtub here. Wow, look at this. And I guess just to make sure you're sufficiently wet, he wants to put extra water on you on the back there. That's great. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) That is fantastic. Yeah we should do that to thrive, oh, okay. anyway. oh, man. That's, that's really cool <laughs> yeah. wow that's great that's cool can we give God a big big hand for that that's really neat now Tony that was 2010 that was uh, several years ago mm-hmm. it's 2018 now what would you say since receiving Jesus Christ what do you think the, what, 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 what difference has that made in your life
1: yeah. so um, it's been um, an abundance of blessing from the Lord ever since I received Jesus. Uh, the first one being, uh, you know, I got married to my wife, uh, Wendy, and uh, that's been a great blessing because she is, uh, she is a God-honoring woman. And uh, I never would have uh, known about the importance of having that quality in your spouse if, I, if it weren't for Jesus. Yeah. That's cool. Is Wendy
0: yeah. here? Wendy's right here. Let, let's give Wendy a big hand. Can we do that right now? Just welcome her right now. In fact, uh, we've got a
1: couple pictures of
0: uh, the two of them and I guess a hint of their love story. This is uh, when Tony was heading back to Canada, right? Yep. Uh, and so they're at the airport. No, no we'll just go back a bit and then the Wendy right there is in the first row kind of on the left there. Uh, next one here, uh, next one is uh, them under a tree. That's a nice one. Yeah, that, yeah, you yeah. Can put that up in your living room or, uh, or something. And then, What's the next one here? Okay, this is, a more recent photo of you guys, right? Uh, and there's Lucy, your your dog as well. Uh, do you find, in any way, does your relationship with Jesus affect your relationship with one another as husband and wife? Oh, for
1: sure. Um, uh, I think, uh, in some ways, Wendy's like the rock for me in terms of faith. There was the, this time during residency where, you know, I felt I would say I would, I'm too busy to go to church. I'm too busy to spend time with God, and. Uh, uh, because I was with Wendy, she never let me kind of stray off. She would only, always bring me back. And uh, that's, that's the reason I'm here today, is because she was able to keep me level-headed and help me refocus on the Lord. That's yeah. really
0: cool. Two are yeah. better than one. When yeah. one falls down, yeah. the other can pick yeah. the other up. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. What are some other benefits you've found from receiving Jesus in your life? Yeah.
1: So the second benefit is, was uh, actually um, having my, my dream and my prayers answered by the Lord. Know, I did eventually get into the residency position that I wanted. Wow! So you, you, the, yeah. the lottery came true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you got the yeah. position. Yeah, wow. yeah. And I I truly believe that it was by God's grace, and uh, uh, I I do believe that if I possibly if I never became Christian, that he ne he might have never given me that position because I I trust wow. that I, I I understand that the Lord oftentimes will put someone in a position where they they can glorify His name. Yeah. And and you know I was yeah. honored to be that person. Amen. Yeah, I'm glad, yeah. 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 yeah really cool.
0: I'm glad he picked me. Yeah, that's really cool. Glad he picked you too. Yeah. Any, anything else, any final thoughts on you know, the yeah. difference that Jesus yeah. makes in your life? Yeah.
1: So um, actually consistent with our theme today is uh, he did bring color into my life. Because as you can maybe potentially pick up in my story, a lot of my early childhood, I was um, um, relying on myself a lot, relying on my own pride to be the driving force. Actually, sometimes using fear and negativity to be a driving force as well. But that's only carried me to a certain extent. You know, I mentioned how, in that final, final year of medical school, where you know, as, despite me doing my best, there was just it, it, I was facing a wall that, that I could not, could, I could no longer control. And uh, you know, praise God that you know He uh, He was able to uh, win that battle for me. And uh, as a result, uh, my my perspective has changed, he brought in colors that I've never seen before. Yeah, like uh, something as simple as the food in front of my table, close my back, my friendships and my family, all those simple things, you know, they, they became colorful. I started to appreciate them more, and uh, it's, just a, it's just a joy when you know the Lord. Yeah. That's really
0: cool. Jesus put the color back yeah. into your world, yeah, basically. That's, right, yeah. that's awesome. Give God a big, big hand for that. Yeah. Can we do that together right now? Praise God. One last question for you, Tony, and you've been great, uh, is, uh, you know, there's a stereotype out there, mm-hmm. which kind of says, yeah, if you can't really believe in science and God at the same time, you can't really be a Christian, a serious Christian and a scientist yeah. at the same time. What, what, do you have to say about that? Yeah.
1: I would say, um, when I was in grade three, that was very much my thinking, right? And, uh. Uh, Hopefully, that over the years, I've actually become more intelligent and become more wise. And I I had the privilege of studying at Cleese University in science and also at uh, Peking University. And I was basically seeing uh, science at its uh, highest level, right? And uh, to some disappointment, basically, um, I I was disappointed to find that science really didn't offer me the answers that I had expected when I was uh, eight years old. And uh, uh, you know one of my good friends John T uh, who I met uh, in high school you know he, he changed my perspective as well he told me about Einstein how uh, Einstein you know I, I had a lot of respect for Einstein he's one of the greatest minds of our uh, of, of mankind really and uh, uh, yet he was he believed that there was a higher power right and uh, it, it's helped me realize that um, Believing in the Lord has nothing to do with intelligence. You can be as smart as Einstein and uh, still believe in higher power. Or you can be a silly 8-year-old boy uh, and not believe in, in the gospel. And uh, so it's helped me realize that this is truly that this, this is a heart thing and not an intelligence thing. Yeah, my, my pastor in Beijing broke it down for me um, when, when uh, I talked to him about um, some of the barriers of believing in Jesus. He said, you know uh, i have all the evidence in front of me and and really it's a it's a it's a decision based on my heart do i choose to believe that what jesus said is true is he telling the truth right or is he a liar right is he making up a big lie and and, dying for and it? yeah yeah and and you know or is he, was he just schizophrenic was he crazy right and uh you know and the evidence is there but it's no, it's your own heart that makes that decision. You don't need to be Einstein to make that decision. It's totally about right. your heart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tony, it's been an awesome pleasure to have you here on the stage. Have you guys enjoyed Tony's story today? Can we thank Tony yeah. and thank God as well for a really cool story? Thanks so much, Tony. Fantastic. That's great. One more time, Dr. Tony Lee, give him a big hand right now. Let's thank God. Do you guys enjoy Tony's story? Yeah. I really enjoyed Tony's story and you know, I, I was doing this conversation with him uh, in the first service and I learned a lot from that. Uh, I learned even more just now and just found that, you know, when it comes to Tony's story, you know, I, I learned that, you know, never give him a hammer, especially if you're around a gla- glass table. All right, I learned that, I, I learned that, you know, you can be a serious student of science and at the same time be a sincere believer and follower of Jesus, if you believe it, say amen. Uh, But I think the most important lesson I learned from Tony's story today is that if you want to experience God, if you want Jesus to put the color back into your world, it all begins with having a humble heart. A heart that's open to God, a heart that's humble before him, a heart that's not closed-minded, but a heart that's open and humble. In fact, let's look, look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 to 7. You guys have been an awesome audience today. Let's read this in a big, loud voice as participants together. One, two, three, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Turn your neighbor, give him a high five, and say, God cares for you. Let's find someone else and say, God cares for you. The Bible says God cares for you, and the fact is this, he cares for you. See, maybe you're today facing, like Tony, a situation that you can't control, a problem that's a bit beyond your ability to handle things. Maybe today you're facing a relationship issue where there's someone that you care about and you're working so hard at fixing that relationship, but for reasons beyond your control, it's a problem that's still there. Maybe you're here today and you're worried about your health or the health of someone who's very dear to you and there's feeling like nothing you can do. It's beyond your control. Maybe you're here today and you're going through some financial problems right now and a lot seems out of your control. Maybe you're here today and there's an uncertainty in your life where you're just kind of focused on the future and worried about the future because there's so much out of your control maybe you're in a situation right now where people are attacking you and you don't know when it's going to end and it just feels like so much is out of your control if that's you in this place i'm here to tell you today god cares for you that God is with you and God loves you. You don't have to live your life stressed out, worried as if it all depends on you because with Jesus in your life, you can know God cares for you so you can cast your cares on him. If you believe that, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. It's because God cares for you. Come on, give God a big hand, a big shout in this place right now. And when Tony was sharing his story about how he was born in Taiwan, that cute little two-year-old, And then he moves to Canada and grows up in Canada. And then he moves to China where he studies medicine. And he comes back to Canada. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that uh, I thought of. And it's Acts chapter 17. And you may have heard this verse before. Maybe you haven't. But I just want to read it to you right now. Read it with me in loud voice. It says this. It says, He determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. He determined, that's God. God determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. In other words, God chose the day that you would be born. God chose the time in history that you would be alive. God chose even the places that you would live. The fact that you're here in Vancouver, B.C. today is not simply your family's doing. It's not simply your doing. It's God's decision. Turn around and say, it's God's decision. And it suggests to you and suggests to me that your life is not an accident. Your life is not some random occurrence. Your life is certainly not a mistake. But that you are, as the Drake uh, you know, pop song says, you are God's plan. You are God's plan. Is that God created you for a purpose. God made you for a destiny. And what destiny and what purpose did he create you for? It was to have, above anything else, a relationship with God. That is why he made you and me. In fact, look at verse 27. What does it say? Read it with me in loud voice. It says, God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from each of one of us. See, today, I want to let you know is that God made you for a relationship with him. He made you to seek him. He made you to reach out for him. He made you to find him, and he made you to have a relationship that's personal with him. So much so that until the day you have that relationship with God, you will never be satisfied. Until the day you have that relationship with God and you have a close, intimate relationship with him where you know him on a personal level, not just intellectually, not just by background, but because you and him, you have a close relationship, that is when you start to experience all that God made you for. And until that day, you can try to fill that hole in your heart with sex, with, with you know, pleasure, with you know, fame, with prosperity, with popularity, with power, with money, with material possessions. And you will never feel satisfied. There will always feel like something is missing because as the Bible says, God has planted eternity in your heart. It's a God-sized hole that only God can fill. You were made for a relationship with God. And can I tell you this? There's some good news for you and for me at Easter. Is that long before you ever thought about reaching for God, God was already reaching you. Because God loved you. He said, I don't want to be separated from you. I want a relationship with you. You know, I, you know, especially at Easter for some reason, I am that much more aware of my mistakes. I'm that much more aware of my shortcomings. I can't meet my own standards, let alone God's standards. And maybe you realize the same as well, is that none of us, none of us in our right mind could ever think that we could earn our way to God. None of us can. No way. Not a perfect holy God as he is, but the amazing news of Easter, the amazing news that we have in Jesus, is that when we had no way of reaching for God, God was reaching for us, and he sent Jesus Christ to be born as a human being, to live the life that none of us could live, a life that only God in the flesh could live, And then he died on the cross, not for his sins, but for your sins and for my sins, so that we could have a new start, so that we could be forgiven. And God, he not only sent Jesus to live and to die, but after Jesus died, he was buried. And on that third day, the most amazing historical fact ever happened is when Jesus Christ rose again from the grave to show that neither sin nor death have any hold over him. And now he's alive, and they're at the right hand of the father and if anyone would put this trust in jesus christ his or her sins will be forgiven he gives them a brand new start and god puts the color back into your world come on give god a big big hand right now in this place give him a shout as well because that's what jesus does he puts the color back into your world you know every other religion that you find is going to tell you That if you want to get to heaven, if you want to get to God, it's all about what you have to do. It's about you being a good enough person, you trying to do enough good things, you thinking that you're good enough. But the fact is this. The Bible says the complete opposite. Christianity is the anti-religion because it says there's nothing you can do. But the good news is it was already done for you at the cross where Jesus died. Amen. It's where Jesus died that all of God's requirements were satisfied. It's when Jesus rose again that we had hope, not just for today, not just for this lifetime, but for eternity. And it's because of Jesus Christ. Look at Romans 10, verse 9 with me right now. Last verse for today. It says in a loud voice, read it. It says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You know, earlier today I told you, That God is writing a story with your life. And I don't want you to misunderstand me. Is that you actually have a role to play in that story. Is that you have a say in how that story goes. That story isn't just going to happen automatically the way God wants without your response. And so in just a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus. Because how your story goes, more than anything else, is going to depend on how you respond to Jesus. And if God has been speaking to you in this service today, if he's been speaking to you during this message, if he's been speaking to you through Tony's story, then I'm going to encourage you to to respond to God with a humble and an open heart today. Can we all just stand up right now? We're just going to get ready to respond to God. I'm going to invite the, the worship band to come up to the front right now. And we're going to sing a song and prepare our hearts to respond to God today. We sung a beautiful song earlier today. What a beautiful name it is. It's the name of Jesus. There's no other name like the name of Jesus. No other person ever died on the cross for our sins. No one ever said a bunch of things about God and then backed it up by rising again. And so let's sing this song together as a response to God on Easter Sunday. Let's sing this together. Right now, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. And if you really want this prayer to benefit your life, then I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer with a humble heart today, with an open heart today. Today, if you realize that you're a sinner and that you need Jesus to forgive you of your sins, then I'm gonna invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. And uh, just as a way to express it on Easter Sunday, I'm gonna invite you to just do this. We're not just gonna pray with our mouths, I'm just going to close your eyes, but I'm going to ask you to raise your hand to God today. If you realize today that you are a sinner who needs a Savior His name is Jesus, why don't you just raise your hand to God right now. Raise your hand to heaven right now. If you realize that today, that you are a sinner who needs Jesus to forgive your sins, why don't you raise your hand to Jesus right now and you can pray this prayer with a humble and open heart. You can say, Heavenly Father, I come to you, I come to you a, sinner, a sinner in need of a Savior. Need of a I believe. I believe. You sent your son. You sent your son. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. To be born into this world. To be born into this world. That he lived a perfect life. That he lived a perfect life. That he died a sinner's death. That he died a sinner's death. That he rose again. That he rose again. To give me life. To give me life. And so today. And so today. I place my hope. I place my hope. In Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Please forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. This is my new beginning name, I pray. name I pray amen amen just could you just for a minute just keep your hands up right now just keep your hands up right now and just as a this is a way we're just gonna give those of you who have your hands and praise and just praise jesus today we're gonna have we have a gift to give to you right now just keep your hands raised it's a gift just to encourage you on this day on this day when you prayed a prayer to god can we give god a big big shout in this place right now can we give God some we let this place together right now. Praise God. If you prayed that prayer to received Jesus, then guess what the Bible says. You are forgiven of your sins. That you are a child of God. It's not because of what you have to do. It's because of what has already been done for you on the cross where Jesus died. And so congratulations to those of you who prayed that prayer. Hope you enjoy that gift. And